It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Coming to you from the heart of Silicon Valley, this is CUDA Confidential, the official podcast of the San Jose Barracuda, AHL affiliate of the San Jose Sharks. Now, here's your host, Nick Nolenberger. We are very pleased to be joined by the general manager of the San Jose Barracuda, Joe Will. Joe, first of all, thank you so much for the time. How is the offseason treating you? Oh, it's been great. It's kind of been one continuation, uh, getting ready for an exciting draft and development camp and free agency period. Well, it, it seems like there is no offseason when you're when you're in the front office of a hockey team. You, you lead right into into the summer and you've got the Stanley Cup playoffs. Everybody's keeping their attention on. But you've got the draft. And this is a huge point in the in the history, really, of the San Jose Sharks. You have not picked in the top five in, in a long, long time. I think the last time was uh, Brad Stewart when the, the organization selected him third overall, I want to say back in 98. So this hasn't happened too often. So it's it's a big draft for the organization. And I'm sure there's been a lot of prep and a lot of that has gone into it how do you feel you're in nashville currently kind of getting ready for the draft for you personally how, how are things going how do you feel about uh what's pending in the next couple of days just very excited because it's uh i think the first time we've had the entire staff together from our development staff to our pro staff and amateur staff uh everybody's here getting ready for their different uh, uh segment the amateur scouts are doing a great job led by uh chris morehouse and uh and Scott Fitzgerald, they're getting ready for the draft. And it's not just, uh, you know, picking number four, but it's four, 26 and 36, uh, you know, having three picks uh, quite high in this draft and 12 overall picks. Uh, we're, we're really excited. Before we dive into the draft, there was some big news for the Sharks organization. They had a nice tease on social media with Patrick Marlowe and it was announced he's going to become a development coach. And to have a guy like that in the organization is critical, the type of career he had and the type of person he is as well. And for him to stay in the area and stay within the organization is a huge get. From a Barracuda's perspective, what does that mean for the prospects? Uh, should we expect to see... Patty on the ice a lot working with some of these guys. Absolutely. I mean, he just loves the organization and he loves working with uh, young players and just kind of, uh, you know, giving advice and, and being a mentor. And, uh, you know, that's what we're going to see from him. I think he's going to help out wherever he can. I think, he, you know, there's very few guys could be mentors, not just to NHL players or AHL players, but to NHL players as well. I think just Patty being around and the professionalism and, and you know, all the nuances of the game that he knows, uh, he, he's going to help everybody myself included, you know, just from uh, his, his insight and, and, uh, and vision. In your mind's eye, how important is it to have X sharks stick around in the area, make their roots in San Jose? Cause that is what Patty has done. His family lives in San Jose. His kids are playing within the junior sharks program. How valuable is that for growth of hockey in this area? It's huge because, uh, you know, as, as we know, Patty is uh, the four four sons and and a lot of our other alumni have uh, uh, young kids that are playing sports and, and a lot of them playing hockey. So they they help the youth programs just by being around and and, and coaching, you know, within there and, and helping out within there. But they also, 
just uh, being around the organization, showing that they want to remain in San Jose as we're recruiting and trying to retain athletes here. They say San Jose is a great place to live. Look at, uh, uh, you know, we've had a great time here, but we want to stay here after we play. And, you know, seeing that with the number of our players, it's, uh, you know, it's very bullish. And as we're going out looking at free agents, uh, you know, that that really uh, uh, looks good for the organization. Speaking of the organization, you issued issued bona fide offers to six players from that 22 class. So last year's draft class, Eli Barnett, Mason Bopit, Michael Fisher, Jake Furlong, Reese Lawback, and Joey Muldowney. For people who are not quite familiar with what a bona fide offer is, can you kind of explain what that means? It's just a way to keep uh, a player's rights longer after you draft them. So it's uh, any player that plays in, in junior, it's it's traditionally the Canadian major junior leagues, but also in the U.S. junior leagues, just as a kind of a safeguard to make sure that there's no loopholes that player can go through and and, and end up becoming a free agent on there. Uh, if we if we issue them a, a bona fide offer, we get to retain their rights uh, at least one year and and oftentimes all the way through the end of their college eligibility. So it's, you know, it's uh, something that we have to do every June 1st, uh, along with the signing deadline of some players as their, their signing rights, uh, if they're Canadian junior players, uh, major junior players, they, uh, uh, the rights expire in two years. So we have to sign it by June 1st or they go back in the draft as we saw with a few of the players, but that's, that's commonplace. You never sign all your draft picks. And, uh, uh, we we signed a few and, and we let a few go at, at that point. This is a discussion that's a lead into the 23 draft just a couple of days away in Nashville. What are you most excited about this upcoming draft? I think it's just kind of, you know, filling spots in the organization, uh, you know, that, that we've been just kind of waiting to do. And and we knew, you know, it's sometimes we, we have the plan in place, but, but it takes events like this to actually – uh, transfer the picks into an actual face and, and a body here and and finding out who's going to be available and and knowing that we're going to have great players at at a lot of those selections of, you know, when we get done with this, we go to development camp, we're going to say, wow, look at this, you know, group of players that we have and we're going to be, you know, deeper at all the different positions and, and have a lot more talent, uh, you know, right in front of us. So it goes from just being a a numbered draft pick to an actual body. That's what we're really the most excited about. And then, and then seeing the timetable, you know, they're 18 years old. Uh, it, it's very uh, rare that, that, you know, they're ready at 18 or 19 or even 20 years old, but at least the clock then starts ticking. The draft affords an opportunity for all the scouts who put in all those hours, those long car rides, flights, watching players in random little towns to get together and really enjoy themselves. And the fruits of their labor is seen in front of them. It's tangible. You select players, players join the organization. How fun is it to get the entire scouting group together? Oh, it's great. And the draft day, it's, it's their day, you know, as opposed to game days where it's uh, the players and the coaches and such, it's, it's really their day to, to shine. They put in the work uh, they've, you know, driven through snowstorms to go and see these games. They've went to the players' homes and visited with the families and their teachers and their coaches to get all the backgrounds. And and they're they're very proud to you know come in now and and give us their lists and and hammer out uh, an overall list and putting everybody in order. And then and then as we we select guys uh, as as they they get to go down and and put the jersey on them and and. That's my favorite thing is just watching how proud the scouts are. You know, it's a it's culmination of their work for the year and, and they do a great job. Well, the NHL is doing everybody favors since post-COVID, since remote drafts. You've been in Montreal and now you're in Nashville, arguably two of the best cities in the entire National Hockey League. 
I know you've been to Nashville over the years. Is there a place you've always got to go whenever you make your way to Music City? I, you know what? I just uh, I love walking down Broadway and and listening, and then I'll I'll hear something that sounds interesting because you can hear all the all the music, and I'll go in and watch that. And it's it reminds us a little bit of hockey. I mean, this is where all the music scouting in the world kind of goes on. So it's a uh, it, it's ironic uh, that all, all the scouting goes on here, and all the uh, you know blossoming stars have to go through Nashville. So so we see a little bit of that. But it's a it's an unbelievable place. Kind of come down, and and first thing you notice is all the cranes going up and everything there just uh it's it's growing so much here uh it, it's great to have again another um you know non-traditional or southern hockey market that's that's just thrived and and as as we know it's it's uh been great to see since 1991 when we came in the league all the other markets that came in the Sun Belt. you mentioned those artists a lot of those artists performing on broadway they're trying to catch their break and it's kind of similar there's some parallels to some of these young players that are trying to work their way to the National Hockey League. They need to be drafted first, but then there's a development process there. So there is a little bit of a connection and hope, I guess, for an organization and maybe for these musicians as well. It just seems like a, a fitting location to, to hold an NHL draft. We all see kind of the energy and the banter that goes on from afar over usually a television broadcast on the floor, on the draft floor, GMs on the phone. You've got the the logo of your team and, and all the brass kind of sitting around in a circle. What is the draft floor really like for those who have never been on it? Well, I mean, the draft floor, it's, it's, you're, you're ready with, with your list, but then there's a lot of moving pieces. You know, you might, uh, a player that you had slotted at a particular spot might go. So you might say, well, I'd like to move back and get two picks, or you might be excited about somebody that's still left and you want to move up. So you're constantly thinking about pick trades. And on the other hand is there, there's players that are moving because free agency is July 1st. And so there's teams trying to clear moves to their play, clear players to sign a free agent and things like that. So they're, they're calling around and saying, you know what, I, I need to move this guy and I'll move him for a pick. So, so you have players moving, you have picks moving, you have everything else going along with, with your, your best laid plans that you have. And then at the same time is, is you make a pick, but you pick 10 picks later and, and right about time you're ready to pick your, your player that you picked is coming down and shaking hands with everybody at the table. So it's a, it's a very active spot. So it's uh, nobody ever gets bored on, on at the draft table. It, it seems like a long day, but there's an awful lot going on. You've been with the Sharks since the beginning. You've been to a lot of these drafts. I don't know if you can pick one, but I'm going to ask you to, what's the most memorable draft in your time with the organization? I think uh, for for us, really, I think the, the 2003 draft and, and actually right here in Nashville uh, coming back, and that was uh, the pick where, you know, we took uh, Milan Mahalik at six and and we had uh, uh, some good players going there. Joe Pavelski went in the seventh round. Very memorable. It was just uh, there were so many good players that came through the 2003 draft. I mean, that comes to mind. Uh, you know, our our first draft that we had. Uh, uh, you know, as well, and in in Buffalo and going up and and uh, taking Floon and Whitney and Ozelinch and such. That was that was a big one uh, uh, for me as well. So they're they're all unique and special and. Uh, that that's the thing about the league here. I, we're seeing other leagues kind of up their their game with drafts, but the NHL has always been the number one league, as far as I'm concerned, is what they've done. They've you know included fans. They've went city to city, a very very fan uh, connected uh, event, and uh, that's what makes our draft so special. You mentioned 03. You mentioned the first. I've been looking at a lot of previous drafts in the Sharks 
history in that first draft, a pretty good draft. I think if you take three players with your first three picks that play in the NHL, Falloon was your first selection. I think he played over 500 games. Then Oslinch was a second round pick. Whitney went later in the first round. So if you get three players who end up playing 500 plus games, that is an absolute home run of a draft. And they're talking about this draft as being quite deep as well, right? This is expected to be a pretty deep draft. And it's a good thing you've got multiple first rounders and an early second round draft pick to take multiple swings at the plate, right? Yeah, exactly. And and so uh, we're excited about that. And, you know, until we actually make the pick, it's kind of draft capital. You can move up and down and around. Uh, but just again, to be in the top five in a, in a draft like this, it's very special. And, uh, you know, we're we're excited to have that opportunity and, and make the best of it. We're talking to Barracuda General Manager Joe Wilson, and GM for the Sharks. I want to add some context by going back to last year's draft, your first round draft pick, Philip Beestead. You signed him earlier this offseason to his entry-level contract. Had a great year last year in the SHL, was named the Rookie of the Year. How do you guys feel one year later about Phillips' development and where he is at as a player? Uh, we're very excited. You know, the fact that, that you know, he went through and he was the Rookie of the Year and and that's, uh, you know, playing against uh, older players and what he did in the World Junior Championship. He's just continually grown. You know, he... Uh, he he, he not only shows some production, but he shows all the different center qualities that you like. He's, he's got an awful lot to his game. And, and with the size, as you see him, he, he still got the kind of baby face and baby body going, which, which is exciting to us, meaning that he's going to, he's going to grow and get bigger and he's already got a pretty big frame. So, um, you know, he's, he's going to go back and, and uh, be on the world junior team this next year, uh, play of a play a higher role in the Swedish hockey league. And then, you know, even at the, the end of the year, possibly, you know, come and join us uh, at the Barracuda Sharks. Uh, uh, that's, that's an option that we'll have now that he's under contract, who knows what happens, but that's an option. How do you weigh that decision? Cause there could be a scenario similar to William Eklund. Now they're drafted at different points in the draft and that kind of changes, I guess, the philosophy and decision-making, but how do you land on a decision on whether to send him back to the SHL, back to Sweden, or have him play here in North America, potentially playing for the Barracuda? Now, if he were to play over 10 games, that burns one of his years on his entry-level deal. So we'll see how that shakes out. But how do you kind of weigh those options, AHL or going back home? Well, it depends on situation. In this particular case, is is Philip is is uh, going back to the SHL? I mean, nothing is ever for certain. But uh, in talking with him and his representatives and everything else, that was something that they looked at for the year, and I think that we're we're good with. So we'll see him at development camp, but he's likely to spend this year in the Swedish Hockey League, um, and and we feel that that's going to be very good development for him. So, um, but you know, there's other players, including maybe who we 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 take uh, with our with our first pick here. You never know. They they could come in and be in that uh, situation. And all you try to do is just, you know, they usually tell us by their play and, and it's a, it's kind of attrition. You know, you start out with easier hockey at the rookie tournament, then you go to the NHL camp and then you have NHL exhibition games. And then you, you, the final games, the NHL exhibition, it's, it's harder competition and everything else. So that type of attrition, you know, going through that and training camp, um, you know, does a guy hit a wall or not and, and, and go on and, you know, very few players, I think each year there's, there's a handful, it's at five to 10 players that are, are 18 and 19 years old that, uh, you know, that, that play in the league, that's because it's, it's so difficult, but, but they usually generally do come from players that are in the top 10, you know, selections. 
You traded back last year. You were at 11. You traded back. You took Philip, as we mentioned, late first round. That allowed for a couple of additional second round picks. You take Cam Lund, who spent last year at Northeastern, and you took Matthias Havilland, who is actually Philip's teammate over in Sweden this past year. Those are high draft picks, not number one picks, but you know, almost late first rounders in a sense. How do you feel about both those players years last year? Now, fast forward a year later after being drafted. They, they both had great years. Uh, Cam Lund came in and and he, you know, got a lot of ice time, got a lot of experience as a freshman in in college hockey, a, a true eighteen year old freshman. Um, so I, that 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 was great for him and for Havelid. He was he was injured for quite a bit of the year, um, so he missed the world uh, uh, world juniors. But then he came back at a very strong second half, and uh, uh, we felt he had a very good year as well. So we're excited. He's on the on the same team as. Uh, as Bstead, so we'll be able to see both of them, and and uh, probably both of them at the World uh, Junior Championships, barring any any injury or anything else unforeseen. And Cam Lund has a chance maybe to make Team USA's World Junior Championship team as well. So that'll be good to see him on that type of stage if he is to make that team. A couple of days away from the draft, how does the next two or so days shake out for you and the rest of the scouting staff? It's just a lot of meetings. It's everybody being prepared. Everybody came in prepared. And now it's just, uh, uh, you know, getting together in the room uh, instead of Zoom and, and and being here. And, and uh, you know, it, it's a lot that comes down at once. You have the draft, you have the free agency, you have, uh, you know, contract signing period uh, uh, coming up as well. And you have the development camp. So it's, it's very exciting. And, uh, you know, we'll come out of this. You know, in the next uh, week, you're knowing a lot more about our team. You know, we'll know the the players that we've uh, uh, drafted, players that we may have got through free agency. You know, who who may be still here, who may be you know elsewhere, and then uh, and then being able to get a glimpse of them at development camp. That's all going to happen very quickly, and then there will be a little lull until we could get to training camp. But uh, you know, looking at that too, that's only a little more than two you know two months away. You mentioned it: twelve picks in this upcoming draft. Sharks haven't done that in almost two decades as well. So you've got a lot of swings at the plate, and we've talked about this over the last handful of years. But having 12 picks, does that give you, in your mind, the ability maybe to maneuver the draft a little bit? Or do you guys expect to try to use as many of those picks as possible? Um, yeah, it's – I. I think most drafts that we've had, we've we've always made some moves, and the moves can be again to move up, to move down. We go into it just not knowing. It really depends on other teams and and who they select. And sometimes we even move up picks into into other years. Say, you know, at this point in time, our we we've gotten players that we want. Um, you know, we'll move it into next year so we have that pick. And and picks are picks are currency. You know, they're not always just picks to to get a player in that particular draft, but they can be moved in in trades, and and we look at that as well. So that's kind of our, our bank account and we, we look at it all the way along. And, and so I, I would expect that, you know, it's not going to be all 12 picks as they sit right now, that there'll be some type of movement, but uh, you know, which way and, and, and uh, how that goes, uh, time will tell. So first round and beyond, how does the philosophy change from that opening round to maybe the subsequent rounds from a pick need of a player or a certain position or best player available. Does it change from round one to the later rounds? I think you always have an eye on what the organization needs, but at 18 years old, you know, it's, it's going to take a while for those players to get there. So, you know, I, I think that there's some, again, you keep an eye on it, but the focus uh, quite often is, is, you know, best players available because you just don't know when they're going to, um, 
you know, get to maturity. And and by that time, maybe what the organization needs today might be totally different four years from now. So we kind of keep that in mind. So, um, you know, we, we look at everything we go through and, and, and we, you know, we look at, is it a position of, of, of need, a position of value, uh, everything along with there, or is it just a darn good hockey player that we want to take and, and we'll overlook a couple of things within there. I think that all kind of comes into play. In your mind, what makes a shark? What parts of their makeup make a San Jose shark? I think it's just a, you know, a, a competitive, uh, you know, infectious type of, of player that that really, as we were so spoiled to have over the years uh, with, with Patrick Marlowe, with Joe Thornton, you know, Joe Pavelski, uh, Logan Couture, Brent Burns, Dan Boyle, Douglas Murray, Ryan Clough, you know, it's just it, the, the list goes on forever of, of players that we had. And, and it's kind of that, that selfless uh, com- competitive players that, that play to go into the playoffs, play for the organization and pass it along. And that's, that's it. And that's, that's the beauty of having, you know, Patty coming back into the fold and the other players that we have and Mike Ricci and if getting a Bach off is just selfless or giving back and, and, you know, again, showing that the, they put the organization before themselves and that's, that's what we want players, players that'll put the organization first. And, uh, um, and, but having, you know, there, some organizations don't have players like this round and, and alumni like this, that can show the young players, this is how you're supposed to do it and have that type of street credibility and everything else. And, and our guys do. So at the end of the day, that's, that's what we want uh, along again, not, at the same time, you do have to have talent. You know, we have to have talent. You have to, you have to have scoring and you have to have, uh, um, you know, ability to play, uh, you know, it's national hockey league, best league in the world. So you have to do that. But at the same time is, is just that selfless ability. Last year's draft, you, you basically took every position, you took wings, you took centers, you took D, you took a goaltender. What is a specific position that uh, you just can't have enough? You're going to have 12 picks this year. What's a position that you'll continue to go back to the well for? I think I think really just you know honestly uh, everything because you we look at it here too is is there's a age distribution so you you have to look at you might be set at this position but but uh, you know some player may age out or his contract might term out on there so it's it's really to go back and look do you have a, a progression if you have a great 28 year old defenseman uh well do you have somebody at 24 and do you have somebody at 20 you know and the that are kind of understudies that when the one guy becomes either too expensive or or elects free agency or something like that that somebody will kind of you know uh, the succession to go up into there so it's it's really to have uh a, a wide breadth of 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 assets at all all positions watching the Stanley Cup final seeing the way that Vegas was constructed, the way that Florida was constructed, does that influence any decision-making on specific types of players? Uh, they were both very competitive, you know, that there, there are some size and grit with the playoff type, and that always helps. You know, uh, you see on there why, you know, Florida is very – competitive very playoff type and they and they're able to go through with with you know a, a lesser regular season but then went in into the playoffs because that's kind of how they were were constructed so you know just players with with that extra extra grit and playoff ability uh are, are really worth their weight and and that's uh and and have unique value so that's kind of what we learn you know from the playoffs we're talking to Joe Will. Last year, Mike Greer came in really right before the draft began. Doug Wilson Jr. basically conducted the draft. 
this time around, Mike has assembled his front office. He's brought in staff. This is going to have his fingerprints all over it. Has anything changed uh, from years past uh, or is it kind of status quo? Just, just rolling along here. Same, same type of process leading into the draft. No, quite a bit has changed. I mean, you know, Mike came in and Mike is, is very inclusive of people and he's got some, some great, you know, advisors with uh, Doug Wade and Tim Burke and, and Tom Holy and, Chris Morehouse, Scott Fitzgerald, Todd Marchant, uh, you know, um, amongst others, Patty coming into the fold. And and there's an awful lot of of, of people uh, within there. He's just he surrounds himself with with great hockey people, uh, you know, of all different backgrounds and in different areas. And that's what I've been really impressed with is just the the, the group of advisors that, that that come in and and the team that he's put together. So he's put together a, a, a staff that much like a hockey team, you know, that, that filled different needs that we've had within there. And, and he's looked at some, some areas to upgrade the team, uh, you know, upgrade the staff uh, just to kind of follow trends that are, are happening around the league. So um, it's, it's been exciting for me, somebody that's been here for a long time. And, and that while I think he's, he's taken the, the, the continuity of the, the sharks, the best parts of the sharks that, that we've had as a staff, he's, he's added in areas that have needed, needed to be added to. Well, continuity is the word because many of the scouts, area scouts, have remained intact. There wasn't a ton of change from a scouting department standpoint. Now, advisors, as you mentioned, added and other play, other folks in more of a front office role. How important is it to have that consistency and that continuity amongst the actual scouts, boots on the ground, guys going and seeing players? Yeah, it, it really helps. They they know what they're doing. They're, you know, it's much like a veteran player. They they not only know what they're doing, but they can help others. And so as you get into the meetings, it's not awkward. Everybody knows what they're doing. They're professional. They come with their lists. They're ready and everything else. So that's, uh, you know, that's what we have. You know, there, there's not a lot of change. And well, there's some some change in procedure and protocol on there, uh, you know, the the scouts are still extremely professional and know what they're doing. So they come in prepared. All right. Free agency starts uh, on July 1st. Um, so you've got the draft, you've got development camp, you've got free agency. It's a, it's a whirlwind. We saw last year, you bring in quite a few veteran players that played quite a bit with the Barracuda kind of carry the torch, help lead the way for these young players. Do you expect this year to, to look to bring in guys who are NHL players certainly have played games in the NHL, but also can help at the HL level. Yes, uh, we're looking at free agency right now, and you know we're going to be adding some players. Uh, generally, in the American League, there's a lot of one-year contracts, so so players will move on, and a lot of times that's opportunity-based for them. It's a lot of players that are 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 you know kind of trying to find their best fit. So they'll come and try it with us for a year and then they'll, they'll move on to somebody else and we'll be the benefactor uh, the other way. So I do expect a little bit of turnover. Uh, generally, those are, are one-year type players that have, uh, you know, some some upside and some uh, good AHL experience and and probably some NHL depth experience. So I think we'll, we'll see a little bit of change within there. And then for the uh, the Sharks, again, we we keep an eye on the market and, and say, you know, is, if something's good for us, if it's a great fit, if it's a if it works for us as as the 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 cost as far as you know financial and anything any other type of cost we'll certainly look at all opportunities looking at the barracuda again this is a cuda centric podcast of sorts last year the team didn't reach the playoffs but i thought there was a lot of good things that transpired there were a lot of young prospects that got their feet wet at the professional level in north america what were your overarching thoughts of last year's barracuda team now disappointing there was no playoffs but what were your overarching thoughts on the team as a whole 
you know, I think the team grew throughout the year. I think it had some adversity of injuries and all that early on and just growing us some young players. And I think at the end, I think if we, we would have had another month or so, we would have probably, you know, solidified into the playoffs and probably given a, you know, uh, whoever our opponent was pretty good run for their money. So I think we're kind of growing in that. And that, that was exciting to see. It's always good to see, you know, young players like Gushkin and Bordalo and Eklund and, and such, Monk Madulin coming in, uh, you know, amongst others. Um, you know, those players growing and getting better as the season went on, uh, surrounded by, you know, other players that kind of helped them. Um, and that's, that's what we're the most excited about. And that's in the American league. That's all you try and do is just get the players better year to year. I think, you know, we're going to see over the next few years is that we'll have more players going into the Barracuda. Uh, I think the, the lull, the, the years, the years that we had where we didn't have first round picks or move some uh, picks and prospects and such, uh, within there, that's, you know, we, we've seen in the Barracuda the past few years. We haven't had the same amount of of probably uh, first, second round players and such coming in, but that's that's changing now as as we're going and, and the past few drafts and that. So I think I think we're going to see, you know, we kind of hit in the COVID year, probably hit our bottom of the cycle and, and it's probably coming up from there. One more question for you. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Bryant Marchman. It's essentially the one-year anniversary since his passing last year, and it's still very, I would say, sensitive and a, a tough subject for, for many in the organization because he was such a, a polarizing person and such a nice person away from the ice and, and post-playing career. As you reflect on, on Bryant and, and his life, what's something that you, you remember about Mush? I think just how much you know he loved the game of hockey and – Loved the organization, loved his his, his teammates, and uh, um, such a giving person. And uh, he, he's just uh, he's he's missed to this day. It still it still hurts tremendously, and uh, uh, you know it's hard to believe it's 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 been a year. And uh, you know we think about him all the time. It was really good to see his son Mason uh, have such a good year for Dallas. Uh, you know he was so proud of him coming up and and. Uh, you know, getting better in National Hockey League and earning that contract with Dallas. Uh, so he's he's in our hearts always. A year, it seems like yesterday. It's it's tough to, to bring it up, but I appreciate the the comments about him. We we miss uh, much, certainly. Uh, Joe, thank you so much for the time. Best of luck in the upcoming draft. This is an extremely exciting time for the Sharks organization. There's just no doubt about it. Thank you for the insight. Best of luck, though, as the next couple of days transpire, and we'll be, uh, we'll be watching. All right, thanks, Noli. We're excited. This has been a presentation of San Jose Barracuda Hockey.